This is the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Eric Smith. On today's episode, we are joined by Ames Community School District Superintendent, Dr. Julius Lawson. We're going to have an amazing conversation about his 100-day entry plan, the importance of building relationships in the community, and some of the big rocks for this school year. Dr. Julius Lawson, thank you for being on this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. How are you doing? I'm amazing. Thank you for having me. Oh, I like how you work that in there a little bit. I like that. So, you know, we've done this before. Um, you know, last year when you were officially announced as superintendent, you came on. Uh, we did a podcast episode. and But now, you know, this is a, a little bit different. You're, you're officially on the clock. You're, you're a month into being a superintendent. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Like, are you sleeping okay? Or <laughs> I'm, I'm sleeping well. Okay. Um, yesterday marks uh, a month on the job. Yeah. Great work. Yeah. Um, lots of lots of community work, lots yeah. of getting know the, to, to know the community, uh, to know the team here at Ames, but uh, doing really well. Nice. So one of the things that is really exciting, just last week we released um, your 100-day entry plan, which was, you know, it's really exciting because it's, it's really, um, it's nice to be able to provide a deliverable, you know, to the community so that they can hear you, they can see you, and that, that's part of this podcast as well, is so that, you know, you can kind of get your message out. But so, so talk to me a little bit about, you know, the origin of the 100-day plan. You know, was this sort of in the back of your mind, you know, um, for a little while? And then how did we get to the, really this deliverable state? You know, how, how did we get it organized? Sure. So prior to um, leading the district, I felt it necessary to um, create a plan to, to learn the nuances of, of uh, Ames Community School District. And so in, in doing that, this 100-day plan really marks um, how I plan to get in and listen and learn from all of the different parts of the district um, before really developing the street, the strategic plan, excuse me, um, to lead the district forward over the next three to five years. Yeah. So what do you, so if somebody's taking a look of this, what do you hope some of like their takeaways are, you know, from, the, you know, an entry plan like this? And we're going to dive into a couple of the specific areas sure. as well, but just kind of generally speaking. I'm really hoping that uh, folks who take the, the time and, and to, to dive in learn what I plan to uh, look at, listen to, yeah. and learn from over the next hundred days and how I plan to, based on what I've seen and what I've learned and what I've heard from stakeholders, how I plan to lead the district moving forward. Yeah. So one of the themes that, you know, I saw when I was reading through it was developing relationships in the community and, and it, you know, particularly with stakeholders. And sure. so I know, um, you know, being a month on the job, this work started, you know, well before July 1 for you because you, you were in district um, meeting with people within the community prior to that. But why is, you know, relate to you, why is building relationships and developing that as a community, why is that one of the, at least what I read, one of the integral themes within this entry plan? Sure. So um, we oftentimes talk relationships in education and talk about how important relationships are. And they're important not just for the sake of having 
good relationships with individuals, but relationships, good relationships, serve as the conduit um, for amazing things to happen across the district. So um, being able to learn um, when, when your stakeholders trust you yeah. and rely on you, you can learn from them, um, you can lean on them yeah. to help move the district forward. And so um, for me, relationships really serve as the groundwork for continuous improvement. And that's why, obviously, um, you see that throughout the, uh, th that theme throughout the 100-day plan. So I've also found, and maybe, maybe I'll add to that a little bit, you know, building relationships, I think, allows for tough conversations to take place sure. as well. You know, you can't have a tough conversation and then leave with mutual respect if some of that relationship sure. building, you know, isn't there and hasn't taken place. Like, do you think about stuff like that? Because... <laughs> You've been in education, you know, I've been in public ed education, at least, you know, like from this desk. And I know that there are going to be topics throughout the next school year, just because they're inevitable. I don't know what they are that are going to be challenging for our school district. And that's where leaning into relationships is incredibly important. Yep. So relationships also allow uh, folks to just really understand that you care. Um, you care about them and you care about the work that's happening. And so again when you when you think about all of the the conversations that have to happen i mean certainly i can have a tough conversation without having um a relationship <laughs> right and you and can I, and i will but yep. i think um when we when we think about what children need to see yeah um and we think about what children need to learn from us as adults uh, relationships are, are critically important and a lot of what we see happening across our country um, in many instances happens as a result of not having those quality relationships. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the other things that I pulled out of the 100-day plan and it relates to relationships but it's about listening and learning. Sure. And so you go into any community there is there's tradition. Sure. There is a flow to an organization and sometimes that flow is really great and sometimes that flow needs to be tweaked and you know everyone knows it needs to be tweaked it's just it's difficult for that change and so one of the things that I heard you say even from the interview process was I need to go in I need to listen I need to learn I need to understand the flow of the organization and for a community school district that flow of an organization can impact an entire community sure. so how do you approach say you're meeting with a community group or maybe even an individual parent how do you what, what do you do going into that conversation so listening is critically important. Um, so in, in thinking back to um, when I was first selected or identified by, by the board to take on the, this work, I went back to my, my planning table and I started to develop a plan. Yeah. And based on what I thought, right, just looking at data, a few early conversations, I thought it would be amazing after a hundred iterations, as you know, <laughs> um, we settled on a plan. Yeah. I hadn't listened to the entire community, yeah. all of the stakeholders. Um, and regardless of where people are, what I've learned from listening is we all have children at the center of, of, of our discussion. Yeah. And so my work is to figure out how we bring all of those different opinions and ideas and philosophies together to positively impact what's happening in our classrooms yeah. for children. 
that doesn't happen without listening and learning. Yeah. I have found that, at least from my desk, and I'm and I, I, not speaking for you, but I'm sure you've had moments of this. You know, when you move a really large organization, we get caught up in maybe some of the logistics or the business aspect of a community school district. You know, obviously, I'm working with in communications, and communications is vitally important. But one of the things I also see throughout this 100-day plan is a focus on students. And sometimes, it, you know, really sometimes in, in this building, you know, we talk about the finances, and obviously that's very important, and we talk about communications, as I said before, but you keep bringing the conversation back to how we impact students, which, quite honestly, and we all know this, that's why we exist, is, is for students. And so through your, you know, years of experience, why is that important just to continue to bring conversations back to that? Because it's easy to go off the rails into other directions. And, and that's exactly why, um, because I've seen and heard throughout my career, folks go off the rails. Yeah. Um, we bring in different philosophies. Um, we come from different places, so there are different traditions. There are different norms, different values, and we are sometimes lost in those things, and yeah. we forget about um, the, the most important and critical part of the work. And so I wanted to make sure that we center children, um, and you saw that again throughout the plan. but. That's, that's what's near and dear. That work is near and dear um, to my heart, and so I want to make sure that that's understood by the community yeah. and um, by, by the entire Ames uh, staff here. Yeah. So I hope that you've heard this already, and I'm quite certain that you have because we have a really amazing district with amazing teachers, amazing students. We have amazing facilities. You know, and I could go on and on. We have, we have amazingly talented people within our, our district. And so I, I hope that you've already heard all of those things. But as superintendent, you also get the emails or maybe conversations about frustrations. And, and you know, from parents, you know, from, from anyone, really. How do you go into those conversations? So when you think about parents sending us, yeah. the Ames Community School District, their most prized possession, yeah. it's really easy to send a very passionate email. <laughs> yeah. It's really easy to be frustrated about what's happening with, with your child yep. and children. Um, so for one, I understand that. <laughs> But I think communication, as you know, is vital, mm -hmm. right? And so listening to parents and then explaining our why. Yeah. And then finding time for us to meet in the middle. Yeah. So where many folks find those conversations difficult, I don't. Yeah. One, because I really understand where parents are coming yeah. from. It's really easy to be frustrated. I can't tell you that school districts always get it right. Yeah. There haven't been missteps. Yeah. I think, not I think, but I believe that we have to have some effective communication to yeah. help us resolve the issues that yeah. we have. You know, I I really appreciate that, and I'll circle it back to something that you said previously. You know, this hundred day plan it changed. You know, you, you had conversation and, and it's changed. And, and now, you know, it's in this good looking document and and that's great. But 
the contents of this 100-day plan, they are what they are when we published it. You know, you're going to continue to learn. You're going to continue yes. to have conversations. And and your philosophy and probably approach to the school district is going to evolve over the course of the next months, the, you know, the next years based on those conversations. And I kind of feel like in many ways that's the same way um, in conversations as well that, you know, you hit on it. As a school district, as an organization, we're not going to do everything perfectly every time. And, and every decision that we make is not, it's not always the 100% absolute final decision. You know, things evolve over time. It, do you embrace that um, sort of philosophy? I, I mean, do. like we're all, we're all kind of growing together, you know? I do. Uh, so that's what continuous improvement is. Yeah. And so improvement science is, is a tad bit messy. Yeah. Um, but it also speaks to getting just a little bit better every day. Yeah. And research says that if you get just a bit better every day by the end of a 365-day calendar year, yeah. you'll be 36 times better. Man. And so that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. So um, I like this idea of incorporating voice. Um, also included in the plan are, I spoke of opportunities for the community to come together for me to hear the voice yeah. of the community, parents, business owners, yeah. community members, and of course children. We will not yeah. leave children out. Yeah. You know, I, I recently I was listening to a separate podcast and they were talking about receiving feedback. And it's easy to really dwell, I think, on what this person said or that person said, and sure. all of it is valid. One of the key takeaways I had from listening to that, though, is that they really encouraged to listen to themes sure. in feedback. And so what one individual, one organization, one, one you know, group says, if you start hearing that over and over again, you know, that's a theme and that's something, you know, as a school district, really any organization, sure. we need to start paying attention to. And I just thought... Um, I don't know that it was a completely novel idea, but it was a really interesting takeaway for me. I would imagine that you're probably at least mentally developing some of those themes that you're hearing. Sure. Um, and even in thinking about what those themes might be, sometimes positive, sometimes not. Yeah. Um, those things that aren't so positive, how do we leverage those themes yeah. to help us develop right, and get better? So regardless of what the theme is, regardless of whether or not it's it's positive, we still have to consider it and figure out how we get better. Yeah. So you identified five critical areas um, within this plan. You probably could have added more. I think it's good to kind of narrow it down here a little bit. So governance, um, and this is from your lens, you know, this is your entry plan. Governance, how do we leverage student achievement, community relations, Talent management, and I like how you use talent in there. That's really nice. Um, and then operations overall. So how did you uh, develop or pin down these five areas? So when you look at the work of, as it relates to effective schools, so one um, critically important factor for me was this idea of governance. Yeah. Um, that's something that I need to learn and, and get better at. So that, that just stood out as a priority for me. Um, but thinking about student achievement, that is critically important, as, as you know. So really taking time to look at like what the instructional framework is. Is there an instructional framework? How yeah. do we help teachers to get better? And how do we help develop principles to Im improve the quality of teaching and learning in classrooms? Talent management, 
what does that look like at the central office level? Yeah. How are we how are we hiring? Um, are we do we have a strategy to bring in the best talent when yep. we have talent? Are we leveraging them? You know, um, adequately. Yeah. And thinking about management and operations first, I thought about principles and how principals can spend so much time in management and operations that we don't focus on the instructional pieces yeah. um, that live within the school. So uh, that was a priority for me as it related to principals initially, but thinking about the entire district. How are we managing the district? Um, you know, are we, are we training principals on, on, bu on budget? If we get that piece right here at the district office, then principals and teachers see us as the support that we should be. Yeah. Um, so in essence, our district is more effective and efficient as well. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting, you know, as you went through all of those, education has really shifted over the past five years, and public education in many ways has shifted. I think there's, I, I don't think, in, in there are times where the spotlight is a little heavier sure. on, on public schools. Uh, and then as we all went through COVID, I know that my philosophy, you know, adjusted around communication. But then when you talk about talent management, how do we hire? How do we retain all of those things? These are things that, you know, public schools are feeling as well, as are many other industries across our nation. Sure. And every industry needs to adjust, including ours in sure. in in order to meet the needs of students because at the end of the day you know we're what three four weeks away from school opening we're going to have thousands of kids in our buildings and so you know we need to have the right people in the right places in order to to really meet those students needs absolutely absolutely so some big rocks you hit on one of them so this this next school year you've identified some big rocks and and we're going to move those forward this school year and, and with that, you've also acknowledged, listen, we're not coming in, we're not changing every system, you know, in this first year. That's, that's not your goal. That's not um, what you've sought out to do. But, but you touched on instructional framework as one of the big rocks that we want to continue to move forward. And I know that our building principals have been part of some professional development this yes. summer already. It's going to start some rollout into our buildings this year. But what is an instructional framework and why, it's, why is it important? Yeah, so an instructional framework is speaks to sort of a guide for teachers. Yeah. Um, and in this framework, you, you, let me speak simply about it, right? You just kind of go in and identify where you are. And regardless of where you are at this point, um, we're asking teachers to identify their sort of level of expertise, if you will. And based on where you are, your level of expertise, how do you develop to get better? When we think about um, how high performing the district is, there's sort of a, a range of students, right? Yeah. Um, and when you think about those students who are who fall a little below the acceptable range, they need support. Mm -hmm. And there are students who are above the acceptable range, they need support moving further as well. Sure. So when I think about the teachers that are in front of them, in terms of teacher performance and teacher quality, how can we help those teachers get better to address the needs of every child in our classroom? Yeah. And so the framework that we've adopted speaks to just that work, yeah. how principals are helping to develop teachers to make children better yeah. through the instructional component yeah. of, of what we do. And there's a lot of 
onboarding that goes on to this. It's not just something that says it's it's not a you can't flip a switch and think that we're going to be able to implement this instructional framework across the district and it's going to be great. There's a lot yes. of um, a lot of conversations that need to happen. Yes. It has to be introduced. It um, th there's a lot that goes into it. So this is going to be um, new for lots of folks. Yeah. You know, as as teachers move from one district to another, maybe some have seen it. Yeah. Maybe some haven't. So um, it's going to be a, a fairly slow rollout. Yeah. So principals are able to be comfortable. Um, the coaches are comfortable, yeah. and teachers are comfortable as well. Yeah. Um, so this is not. You know, locking teachers into a box, no, but it's, no. it's really figuring out how we get better instructionally yeah. for the benefit of, of every child in, the, yeah. in our school. I think it's going to be great and, and amazing. And, I, and I've actually heard some really positive feedback from um, not only people in our district office, but teachers as well. So Agreed. on a bigger scale, and this is maybe even a bigger rock, a strate strategic planning. What does that look like for a school district? Yep. So in thinking about continuous improvement, one big question, what's the strategy? What's your strategy yeah. to move you forward as a district? Um, and in thinking about the work that we've done, so there's a lot of great work happening, but it doesn't speak to a coherent strategy to move us forward as a district. Yeah. And so simply stated, a strategic plan is a plan that includes a strategy for all the pieces that we've talked about that will move us forward. Um, a couple of things that I believe, one is simple and clear. So what does a simple and clear plan look like to move us forward, yeah. right? So I've seen plans, and some of them are so complex and convoluted. A lot of words. Get, that you get lost <laughs> in, the, in the words and yep. the pages, and the plan falls flat. Yeah. So I am going to work um, with all of our stakeholders as part of the listening tour to hear and learn what is important to us, and then we're going to develop a vision and a plan to move us forward. Yeah. And it's really collaborative. Absolutely. Or it can be. It will be. <laughs> Once we get to, how long does this take? I mean, because it can take, it, this isn't a uh, three or four month process. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll maybe set the bar there. I mean, we're talking a year, maybe multiple years before we get to a, a final deliverable. So I would say maybe a three to six month process in okay. terms of gathering the information yeah. to develop the plan to move forward. Um, a lot of that work has begun already. Sure. But more intentional efforts to hear from the stakeholders. Sure. Right? So it's, it's nearly impossible for me to think about a strategy and a plan moving forward when there has been no structured conversation with yeah. principals. Yeah. There's been no structured conversation with teachers, parents, thinking about what the community wants us to be, yeah. right, as a, as a school district for them. Thinking about the voice of, um, I'm sorry, the business owners in the community. Yeah. So we have to hear and include and incorporate all of those voices in terms of the development of the strategic plan. So that takes a little bit of time. Yeah. And we're planning the process now to hear sure. those voices. Sure. Um, and we talked some about this already, but you know, how do we continue to embed equity within our district? Yep. So that's a great question. So there's been a lot of conversation about like the equity work. Yeah. Um, we should focus on educational equity. 
So equity is not a race-driven initiative. That's, mm -hmm. that's one part of the work. So if you isolate any particular group of students um, or people in this district, equity is always still required yeah. in, in terms of the work. Um, so in thinking about equity, again, very simply stated, what does every student in our classroom need to be able to thrive? Yeah. And how do we deliver that? So that's, that's an essential question. Are we providing every student with what they need to thrive? Yeah. Academically, um, physically, socially, and yeah. emotionally. Yeah. Um, there's been some conversations as of late around social emotional development. Mm -hmm. When you think about what our purpose statement says and, and helping students to achieve and reach their full potential, that's just Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. And so how are we supporting children? That's where equity comes in, right? Yeah. So if you think just about the, the base level, those physiological needs that, that students have, and then what are the safety needs? We've talked a lot about physical safety, but there's some emotional safety yeah. that students need in our classrooms. Yeah. That's equity. And how do we support teachers, right, to be able to provide students yeah. or bring the, the, the emotional safety to classrooms that students need to thrive? And essentially, that's, that's the work, yeah. right? And so helping our community to understand what the equity work will look like and what the social-emotional learning work will look like um, is going to be a critically important work for us. I read an article just yesterday that spoke to research about the number of educators leaving yeah. the field. Yeah. And as you know, it has created a hiring crisis for yeah. us, right? And retaining teachers, um, it's caused us some problems there as well. The number one reason that teachers, according to this article, yeah. reported for leaving the field was student behavior. Okay. That's why social emotional learning becomes so important. And um, we have to make sure that our teachers are protected. Again, not just physically, but emotionally. And so that comes with building the capacity of teachers, as you saw through yeah. the plan as well, as it spoke to the uh, professional learning pieces. Yeah. You know, and I, I hit on three big rocks right there. There's a lot of other, I would say, large rocks, maybe medium rocks compared to some of these that are already in motion and, and continuing, you know, that we didn't even touch on. I mean, we're opening up a brand new high school. Sure. That's been a big rock for our district a long time. Um, I'm happy that you're here to be able to celebrate that with us because that's it's it's an amazing building, as so you know. Awesome facility. And then we also have some work around, you know, what does alternative learning look like in our district? And I know like that's one of those rocks that is starting to, to sure. roll a little bit and get organized. And that could be, you know, an entirely uh, another podcast episode, sure. really. Um, but really just sure. so there's a lot of always constant, you know, moving motions. You know, I think we hit on hit on most of them. So what are you most excited about going into this year? You know, the, coming in during the summer is, is maybe probably a little helpful because you can meet with um some of your key teammates, yeah. uh, some some key community members, and and try to do all that because once the school year gets going, I mean you know what it's like. I mean sure. you've been in education for years, so you yeah. know what it's like uh, once that school year gets going. What are you excited about? 
So there are so many things to, to be excited about here. Um, great folks to work with. The, the community has, has embraced me in a way that uh, I've never seen. Um, awesome community. Yeah. Um, the, the business community is, is, is awesome. The, the leadership of the community is, is great. I'm most excited, though, to get into schools yeah. where there are children. Yeah. Right? So that just uh, that fills my soul. And so I can't wait until children are in classrooms. Yeah. There was one young man that I remember um, over at the preschool last year. <laughs> I can't wait to. Yeah, I don't know if he's still at the preschool, <laughs> but I can't wait to get back to him. Yeah. Just to check in with him. And there were some students at the high school that will that are rising seniors, so they'll be seniors now. Yeah. Um, that I can't wait to get back to. And uh, I, I wrote their names in my book, and I told them that I'd check in. There's an started. energy. Absolutely. Oh. Uh, Absolutely. Well. Dr. Lawson, thank you for uh, being on this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. Thank you for having me. I 